Hi everyone, welcome to Gymnast Mindset, a systematic program that helps you succeed in and out of the gym. Check out all of our program options at gymnastmindset.com and don't forget to request a free mindset session while you're there. So next week, I am headed to USAG's National Congress, and I'm super excited, one, to just go, but two, to have the opportunity to be a presenter there as well. My topic is going to be superstitions, harmless, or problematic, and I love getting to present on this topic because it's, superstitions are so prevalent within the sport of gymnastics. They're very prevalent within sports in general, which we'll definitely talk about a little bit more. Um, But when it comes to gymnastics, I think if we were a gymnast or as a coach or even as a parent, um, you can kind of look to pretty quickly some of those superstitions. I know I had my own superstitions as a gymnast. Um, I know my coaches had their own superstitions. And it's a fun and also really interesting topic to talk about. So if you are not able to make it to Congress next week, then I wanted to give you a sneak peek into what I'll be talking about. And of course, if you are going to be at National Congress, you can feel free to reach out to me. I would love to connect with you further there. You can email me directly, sherry, S-H-A-R-I, at gymnastmindset.com, so that we can be sure to touch base while we're both there. So without further ado... Jumping into superstition. So like I said, superstition is really common in sports. Uh, Athletes wearing certain clothes, eating certain foods before a meet, listening to certain music, having lucky or unlucky numbers, doing certain cheers, phrases, chants, uh, maybe do things a certain number of times or arrange things just so. And the, the specific examples go on and on. Like I said, uh, if you were an athlete, if you know an athlete, you could probably list off some specific examples of those particular superstitions. But I think the more interesting question is, why do athletes turn to these superstitions? And when we look at that question, superstitious athletes are doing the following things. They are assigning meaning to things that quote-unquote worked before, They are attempting to gain control. They are coping with the fact that the outcome is not certain and that there are no guarantees in sports. And they're putting the responsibility on something else. And I think all of that gives a lot of insight, putting it that simply, kind of coming from that place of understanding. Because when we look at it in the sport of gymnastics, there are young girls young women heading out there, and there are no guarantees. There are no guarantees that she's not going to fall off a beam today. There are no guarantees for the outcome. She might have hit four for four every single meet, you know, leading up to regionals, and then falls on every single event. There, there are no guarantees. She might, cannot be guaranteed a spot on that national team. And superstitions start to become an attempt to gain control to gain certainty, to feel better, to gain some comfort, because it's hard to handle that uncertainty, that pressure, that question that's in the air, which is kind of the other point as well, that superstitions allow these athletes to put the responsibility onto something else. It's not their fault that they fell off bars. It's 
because they didn't listen to the right song before the meet today or they didn't wear the right scrunchie I don't know do gymnasts even wear scrunchies anymore (laughs) I'm dating myself here um but they they put the responsibility on something else something other than themselves and oftentimes we see more and more of this in the gymnasts that are struggling with that responsibility that are struggling with that confidence they don't believe in themselves enough they don't trust themselves enough they don't trust their training enough so they start to turn to things that are outside of their own control So as we see this as a coping mechanism, that superstitions are something that that gymnasts are using to cope with the pressures, to cope with the lack of confidence, to cope with the difficulty of the nerves and the uncertainty of sports in general, Um, that they're using these as coping mechanisms. And then the question is becoming, does that matter? Like, are, are superstitions just a part of sports? Do they really matter? Can they really affect performance? Aren't superstitions just kind of silly and harmless? And the answer to that, as with most things, is that it depends. And when I was looking um, for quotes on this topic and kind of looking into this topic a little bit more for this presentation, it came up that uh, an, an interviewer at one point, they interviewed... A bunch of different athletes and a bunch of different gymnasts and a lot of them could point to you know a quirky superstition or two and when they got to Simone Biles when she was asked if she had superstitions she said no I think that can play with my head and I've just never picked up any along the way and the simplicity of that is kind of what we're going for that why risk it and she's right Superstitions can play with your head. They can take you out of the moment. They can make you lose focus. They can do a lot of things that can potentially be harmful to your performance in the future of your career. There are a lot of different concepts that come into play when we're talking about superstitions. And it's not as simple as you know, this is harmless and silly and just a fun thing that they do, or this is actually affecting their performance, they're getting in their head, this is not great for them moving forward. Um, and we're not going to dive into each of those concepts today in this, in this particular episode. There's a lot that goes into that, and it's really individualized that throughout the Gymnast Mindset Program, we work one-on-one with our gymnasts to address those things that they might be struggling with. Because superstitions could stem from an underlying issue, and it can actually result in other issues. Um, So a lot of times they are going hand in hand, and there's a lot of stuff that we can work on there. That we can understand the importance of conserving brain power, and how do we do that? What does that actually look like? And the importance of maintaining our focus. Um, Again, how do we do that? on a day-to-day basis, at practice and meets, what does that actually look like? What strategies can I use? How can I take control of my training, of my meet, of, of what's going to happen out there on meet day? Um, creating those routines, kind of bringing it back to basics. All of those kind of things that, that we definitely dive into deeper and might not seem necessarily connected to that superstition, but definitely 
they, they go hand in hand. So while I'm not gonna dive into some of those specifics in particular, I did wanna touch on another key point. And the key point is that these gymnasts with, that, are, that have a lot of superstitions or have a really put a lot of weight into their superstition, they're not necessarily owning their successes and they're not necessarily owning their failures. And it's interesting to see that, that research has shown that athletes who believe that they are responsible for their performance actually have fewer superstitions than athletes who attribute their success and failures to external factors. So the key point being, we want our athletes, we want our gymnasts to take credit for their successes. I don't want one of my gymnasts to hop off the beam after hitting a gorgeous routine. No bobbles, connected everything, stuck the landing, and her jumping down and saying, you know, I did a specific clap before I went up there. And or my mom wore a red shirt today, and that's why I hit my beam routine. That's not why you hit your beam routine. You hit your beam routine because you've been training in practice. You've been hitting your beam routines in practice. You've been putting in the work. You've been putting in the time. You stayed focused. You stayed calm. You were able to relax under pressure. You were able to use those skills that we've been working on mentally and physically to piece it all together to hit that beam routine. And I want you to take credit for that. I don't want you to give credit to, you know, a, a bunny's foot. That was the big thing when a rabbit's foot was the big lucky charm when I was competing um, that, that all of us had. I don't want your beam routine to be attributed to that. I want you to take credit for that. And similarly, if you fell or bobbled or didn't connect something or had, you know, a not so great beam routine, I also want you to own that failure. And understand, what did I do there? Did I lose focus? Have I not been training the way that I should be? Have I been missing that skill too often in practice? Or, you know, was it, was it just a fluke thing? And understanding that fluke things happen too. But not assigning it this, this otherworldly meaning that now other people, other things outside of your control have to act a certain way or do a certain thing in order for you to hit your beam routine. I want you to have that control. I want you to have control over your performance, your training, and the outcome as much as possible, right? Do your job, do what you know how to do, do what you need to do, and take credit for it. Take ownership of it either way, success or failure. And that's one of the big points here as well, um, that I want to put as much of that motivation and control back on the gymnast as possible. And superstitions absolutely take away from that. So while there are a lot of other concepts related to superstitions that we could definitely dive into and I will be diving into next week at National Congress, what I want to leave you guys with is at least this idea that superstitions aren't always just harmless. They're not just harmless quirks. They're not just silly things to do that within the sport of gymnastics, that superstitions can 
affect your performance. They can affect your mindset, which then affects your performance. That this is something that we don't want to be using or relying on or blaming in any particular scenario. And I think getting started with that thought process, kind of looking at that and saying, why did these superstitions start to begin with? What do we need to work on so that as a gymnast, you can take back some control of your own gymnastics? And how can you better cope with the pressures that the sport brings, especially as you move up to the, through to the higher levels? That how can you cope with those pressures without coming up with new superstitions or blaming other things for both your successes and your failures? How can you take ownership? How can you take responsibility? How can you work through those things moving forward? Um, because essentially what it comes down to is that superstitions do become problematic when they're distracting, when they burn mental energy, when they make you feel uneasy, when they feel like a compulsion that you have to do, when they make you feel out of control. And pointing to that, you know, seeing that if you were a coach and seeing that in your gymnast, kind of bringing this up and and start thinking about it a little bit. Why are those superstitions there? How can we work towards getting rid of them? What do we need to look at here? And I'm always happy to answer questions as well. If you have questions about that in particular or want some help working through that with your gymnast, please reach out to us anytime. Um, like I said, we offer free mindset sessions at gymnastmindset.com as kind of an intro to give you a feel for what that program is like. Um, we have a lot of other resources on our site as well. So, or you can reach out to me directly. Like I said, you can reach out on social media, or if you want to email me, it's sherry, S-H-A-R-I, at gymnastmindset.com is an easy way to reach me as well. Other than that, I hope you guys have a great week in and out of the gym, and I will talk to you soon. See ya.